Welcome, welcome once again to the Think Orange podcast. You found it, you're here. And here's our goal for today. We wanna encourage and equip leaders like you who are investing in the faith and the future of the next generation. My name is Trey McKnight, I'm your host. And in this season of the podcast, we're interviewing some of the speakers we're hosting at Orange Conference 2022. It's coming this April. We're gonna talk about what it means to be human and how our churches can better care for the humans in our communities. And we are so excited for you to get to hear this conversation with our very own Reggie Joyner and our guest, Ryan Leak. Ryan is the Young Adults Director at Covenant Church in Dallas, Texas. He also consults with churches in the areas of media and staffing. Now, Ryan made headlines for getting engaged and married on the same day to his now wife, Amanda, in a wedding he secretly planned for two years. Guys, get on his level. Now, the entire day was captured on film and the video quickly went viral. Ryan and his wife speak around the country, encouraging healthy relationships. So without further ado, let's dive into this conversation with Ryan and Reggie. Here's what we know is true. You're listening to this podcast because you believe in what you do as a ministry leader. You know that every early morning, late night, and meeting that could have been an email is so worth it. And when you believe in what you do this much, you do everything you can to make it better. You know that the mission is too important not to try something new. And that's why we created the Redesign Your Ministry to Last course from Orange Masterclass. Join Reggie Joyner as he unpacks the five essential values for your ministry that will last far beyond a person, a model, or yes, even a pandemic, and innovative strategies to help you elevate them in your ministry. Start working on your ministry, not just in your ministry, today by going to orangemasterclass.com. Well, it's so great to be here with Ryan Leak and to talk about conference, Orange Conference 22, right around the corner in about three months. Yeah. Awesome. Ryan, I'm just going to go, you know, right ahead and say something that I probably shouldn't say publicly. Okay. Every year you are rated as one of the favorite speakers and communicators at Orange Conference. Is that right? It is. Well, it is. And I know it's because of how I've coached you and how I've mentored you in your communication skills. But I mean, you really, you always just knock it way over the fence. And this year, the theme is be human. So when you hear that theme, what are the ideas you have running around in your brain about that theme? You know, when I, when I hear be human, I, I really think about this idea of uh, authenticity and being fully ourselves, which is so difficult because I think we all want to keep up this professional look and feel. And I think especially in the Christian circle, uh, we don't want anyone to know that we bleed. We don't want anyone to see any of our flaws. I mean, I just think about 30 seconds ago, as soon as you started, my son ran in the office and I thought, get out of here as fast as you can. We're only talking to kids, family ministry people right now. And heaven forbid, they know that my son interrupts Zoom calls. You know, it's just like, what's wrong with us? You know, it's like, be human, you know, yeah. so I'm, I'm all for this because I think we've got to give people permission to to really be themselves. And, and uh, I, I can't tell you how many 
high-end clients that I Zoom with and their dog starts barking or they have. And, and so we, I think we, we, we feel like we've got to put on this show for people. Um, but I think our, our humanity is what actually makes us relatable to people. And, and so I, I think that this, this year's theme is incredibly important for leaders to understand. Uh, and I think we need the human touch and we need the human interaction. We need the human proximity that we haven't had for a couple of years. And yeah. the thing I love about what you just said is you model it so well. I mean, you've written a book about failure. I mean, go figure. <laughs> sure. I mean, at the end of the day, we need to be able to lead leaders into a space where they're okay and safe wrestling with the things that um, they wrestle with. Yeah. Especially in our space. Okay. And in, 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 especially in the church space. I think so a little bit more than in the business space, because in the church space, there is a great pressure on you to have your stuff together personally. And so if you if you have a, a mediocre marriage in ministry, you you feel like I can't show that. Where, where, where can I, where can I be honest about that? Because if, if we were to say that out loud, oh no, people would just lose so much respect for us and they would never listen to anything we have to say. And maybe we wouldn't be worth following. Or if our kids act up, it's like, oh no, like this, this you, you must, you must be failing as a parent or you're failing as a spouse. Or um, if, if your family isn't as engaged in ministry as you are, um, there are all of these things that can keep us from actually being ourselves and giving the people closest to us permission to really to really be them, themselves. And so so that that's a journey I've, I've had to to walk myself a lot in, in saying, OK, I've got to make sure that my wife can really be my wife, not Ryan Leake's wife. Yeah. That makes sense. Like she's Actually, really. I, we we refer to you now as Amanda Leake's husband. So I I think I'm okay with. It. I'm I'm. You I'm, know I'm she was in the office about a month ago working on this I book. Know. It's going to be an amazing book that she's working yeah. on. The kids' book. What is it? Yeah. Jackson's not so colorful world or whatever yeah. the title yeah. of that is. Yeah. But she is really smart, and I yeah. love the fact that you bring up family because. Yeah. I think. And, and you can respond to this as a communicator. I grew up in a generation of people who would speak from the platform and stage, but they never wrestled or struggled in public with the things that they sometimes wondered about or questioned or were wrestling with because they felt like it would make them lose influence. Right. And I think there's a new generation of communicators and you're one included in this, yeah. in this definition who are like, no, no, we've got to yeah. talk about the things we struggle with because I think people identify with Absolutely. the struggle more than they identify with the successes. As a matter of fact, don't tell me about your successes if you don't show me your struggles, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Nick Nelson from Lakewood, he often says, people admire perfection from a distance, but they can't relate to it. Wow. So even the, the most fit person in the world, we admire it, but we can't relate to that because <laughs> most of us are average, you know? And so I, I probably over the last two or three years, I started just telling just the true story. Like, I don't need it to be bad and I don't need it to be great. I just need it to be honest and, and I need it to be human. And so uh, and probably, probably three, four months ago, I'm preaching at church and, and I just go, hey, I, I have an average marriage. And they go, like, you could hear a pin drop. It was just like, <laughs> what? I go, yeah, I'll prove it to you. So I said, I'm an average husband. My wife's an above average wife. But when you put us together, 
it, it, it's about average. And, and I said, we're, we're average. We communicate on an, on an average marriage level. And so the other day, my wife said, hey, Ryan, I'm looking out for this piece of mail. Please don't throw away the mail. You want to know what I did? I threw away the mail. You want to know who does that? Average husbands. That's me, guys. That's me. So the things that I preach are things that I need to hear. And I'm okay with that. I don't call me for marriage advice. Like, like you don't, I'm not the guy. I'm not a marriage counselor, okay? I'm a preacher. I'm a communicator. And so uh, now we, we don't have knockdown, drag out fights again. We're probably somewhere in, in, in there in average of just going, Lord, would you help us do this well and lead our family well? And we don't always get it right, but we are always trying to. And so I, I, how people receive that, I don't know. But, and if someone respects me less, I'm going, well, at least you respect the actual person that is me rather than me trying to pretend and just share the highlights of our marriage. And, and just then I'm, then I'm not even human. And so, so I, I think it's more important than ever as communicators and as leaders that we lead with a certain level of a vulnerability of just going, Hey, we're, we're humans. We, we bleed. We're not Clark Kent. We're not Superman. We're not Wonder Woman. It's so great that you say that. I think most leaders in this space probably believe if people really knew who they really were, they would be disqualified mm-hmm. to some degree. And yeah. I think we, we all wrestle with the struggles related to that. And I think the be human theme for orange conference is not only to say, show up if you bleed and get with other leaders because everyone's tired right now and everyone's trying to figure out what this looks like in the next decade for them and their work. But I think also because it's an invitation for the church to become more human to a generation that's, that's I think leaning in going, you need to understand us and understand what our struggles are and what we're wrestling with before you expect us to respect you as someone who says you have the truth. Right. I remember growing up as a Christian, okay, growing up in the church, my parents, if we went, if we went to a conference, we would buy tapes in the back. I remember going to Joyce Myers little conferences in East oh. St. Louis and like buying these white cassette, like album tapes and like putting them. But that was the only way that I knew about what Joyce Meyer was doing or not doing. Now you can wake up to it and you're just, you're two swipes away from feeling very insecure about what you wear, how you preach, what you post, your ministry all together, which that, that didn't used to be a thing. And so I think now there is this great pressure on leaders to be sexy, to be creative, to be innovative, to do what no one else is doing. And like, you just forget to read the Bible every now and then of just going like, why don't we feed the poor and help people in prisons and help widows and orphans and love our community well in jeans and a t-shirt as if that doesn't work anymore. Now it's not as sexy, but guess what? It actually is pretty impactful. You'd be surprised what just love your community will do for your community. And so Reggie, I've been on this kick lately I'm trying to be boring. Wow. I, I'm trying to go backwards. It's weird. I, I wrote the most boring message I've ever written for this Sunday, and I can't wait to give it. <laughs> it's on worship. It, it's, it's, guys, I don't have a new verse that you've never read, but if we applied this, 
It's it's awesome. And you know what I read? I, you know what I did? I went old school. I said, I'm going to type in worship on BibleGateway.com. First place you ever see worship in scripture is with Abraham and Isaac. And they're not singing. That's my point. Wow. They laid something down. Yeah. And every That's single right. one of us has something we need to lay down. Will I tell some jokes? Maybe. Will there be some fun stories? Maybe. But it's like, I have no plans of going viral on Sunday, but I have tons of plans of helping people connect with their God because that's what we're that's why we got in that's why we got in this in the first place. But I think our exposure to so many other things is is uh, is actually robbing us of our confidence of, of why why we felt like, man, I, I want to help people. I want to be in ministry. I want to spread the gospel in the first place. And so I, I'm I'm in a, I'm in a, I'm in an odd mode of just going like, hey, I, I'm I, I feel like I'm I'm going backwards because for so long I, I almost felt like I was trying to climb something, right. and now I'm like I don't I don't know that that's the goal or or what I was ever even called to do. You well, know? that so can be to help people. That can be extremely exhausting. Very. Because when you're climbing, you have to keep going up. And at some point, you just look around you and go, I'm not even sure this ladder is against the right wall. Right. And I'm going, how do I readjust and just lean into, I don't know, my humanness? I, I'm rereading a lot of the Bible stories in the context of this conference. And it's amazing when you start actually seeing the humanness of the mm-hmm. characters, yeah, not the hero-ness of the characters. Mm. And you actually start rethinking what it meant for Jesus as God to become human. In yeah. the context of those stories, there is a different way and a different filter that, that you have in understanding it and identifying with it. Oh, man. The only, the only options you have in Scripture are human. Every now and then animals start, start to play a part. You got one giant, okay? A couple of angels, that's it. Mostly humans. I mean, it's just, it doesn't matter which book you read either. It just, you, you're going to find a bunch of humans. And um, man, I, I, I am more encouraged reading the Bible now at 35 than, than I've ever been. Because when I think about the, the human struggles, that we have when I think about the fatigue, when I think about people wanting to give up, it's like, you, you got, you, they're all of that in scripture. Yeah. It, it's so powerful. I agree with you. I, I mean, looking back at the disciples, I mean, they were worried, they were afraid, they were skeptical, mm-hmm. they were tired. They all deconstructed their faith for at least three days. I yeah. mean, you know, as you just go, you go back and you start looking at what they thought. I actually think the other day I was reading, you know, when Peter was first called by Jesus and then after the resurrection, he was kind of recalled and you kind of feel like his first, you know, commitment to Jesus was based off the wrong motive. Yeah. Because you know, he gave up his business because he thought Jesus was going, to, was going to be the Messiah and set up a political kingdom. You come to the end of the story and then Jesus says, Hey, so now will you follow me? Cause I'm going to tell you how you're going to die. So it's like, okay. I mean, this is human. It is man. Yeah, and 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 there, you don't get any more human than Peter. Um, he's got every emotion. He's got insecurity. He's got anger. He's got confidence. Sometimes, I mean, he he rides the roller coaster, uh, which gives us all hope. I think. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and I and again, that's why I love your posture as a communicator. I love your posture as a leader. 
And, um, and I think that kind of drove you to write a book about failure, right? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it's, it's, I spent my 20s deathly afraid that people were going to find out I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> then in my 30s, I just started telling people. And then I started getting paid to tell people that, which is just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, hey, could you come share that with our people? And, and here's the funny thing is I would sit with C-suite executives and they'd be like, I can't believe you just told us all that you don't know what you're doing. I was like, because I don't know. And they go, well, we don't either. I went, well, why don't we talk about it? And, and it was just like, well, we all would just get in the boat together. It's just like, we're all trying to, I, I, don't, I don't know who's watching the show. I really don't, but it, it, right. it's a, uh, I, I, I have thoroughly enjoyed sharing my failures, um, not just in the church, but with the marketplace of so just going, hey guys, I, I, I would love to pretend like I have it all together, but I don't. And when I share those stories, it's amazing who comes out of the woodworks to say, oh. I've been wanting to tell somebody this for a very, very long time. I got more degrees than fingers. <laughs> And I still have no idea what I'm going to do in my life. And, and, so, and again, they identified with your point of weakness and your struggle much faster than with your successes or what you know. Oh, man. It's, it's a, and, and what it does is it, it frees us up to actually help people because now they know you, they know you have no agenda. Now, now they, hey, I'm not trying to impress you. I'm, I'm, I'm actually sharing my failures with you. We believe the work you do on the front lines with kids and teenagers is the most important work in the world. Every meeting with a small group leader, email to parents, and late night supply run matters because you're helping kids and teenagers develop an everyday faith. On average, you have about 40 hours this year to influence the faith of kids and teenagers who come to your programming. That means you need to be intentional about your messaging strategy. Orange Curriculum is a comprehensive strategy for birth to high school. Each age group curriculum not only provides you with strategic messages to engage kids and students with biblical truths, but also resources to help you train volunteers and partner with parents. To start using Orange Curriculum to spend less time planning your message and more time doing what only you can do, building relationships. You can get started today at tryorangefree.com. That's tryorangefree.com. Com. Um, I was getting ready to speak for uh, a really large insurance company. And one of the questions I ask of people I'm getting ready to speak for is, who's the best speaker you've ever had and who's the worst? Like, hey, I want to know good, bad, and ugly. Make sure I don't do what the worst is yeah. and try and do better than the best, right? And so I said, the, the way they answered the question for who's the best speaker that they've ever had, um, they said Doc Rivers, okay? Coach Doc Rivers for the Philadelphia 76ers. And I was like, well... That's who spoke last. I have no idea why I'm here, but whatever. And then I said, so what made Doc Rivers so special besides him being Doc Rivers? This is the exact phrase that they used. They said, he was agendaless. Oh. He was agendaless. He, he had no agenda. He was just there to help us. Every speaker we've had has had an agenda, except he didn't. And it, and it really changed me. It gave me a whole new swag, honestly, of just going, I, I actually, that's, Exactly how I want to be. Oh, hey, my agenda here is to help you. I, I'm not trying to build something with you today. I'm just, hey, I just, I'm just, I'm just here to help as best right. I can. That's great. And so, 
So, and again, it allows us to do that. I think sharing our failures, I think being vulnerable, I think being human puts us in a position to go, hey, guys, no, no agenda here. If I can add value to your life, I absolutely want to do that. If not, okay. Well, you always add value. I want to ask you one question as we wrap up and we talk about yeah. conference coming up in the spring. Yeah. This has been, I, when we've been on tour in different cities and it's emotional. I mean, when people show up and they haven't gathered together as leaders, they look around the room and they see other leaders who do what they do in other spaces and other denominations, and they realize they have this common denominator and they haven't been with other physical leaders in a, in a, in a space. And you can just see the emotion Mm. to look at other people who are doing what they do on the front lines. Mm. And I know they're tired and I know many of them have lost Mm. jobs or they've had to lay off people or they've lost loved ones. And there is this exhaustion and maybe even a question mark in their mind. Mm. Should I keep doing this? Should Mm. I keep working to reach a generation who is on the sidelines? Does this even make any difference? Does it matter? So if you were to lean into that group that might be watching this right now, what would you say to them? Um, I'd say a couple of things. One, I would say um, your feelings are valid. You're not crazy. Um, number two, I would say to state the obvious, you're not alone. I think, I think a lot of people are in that boat. Uh, number three, I would say you, you want to think about 10 years from now. You, you want to think about the future. And I just think about um, a mutual friend of ours, Jeremy Dwork, who's been in my yeah. life now. Okay. People, like I, I, I'm on the teaching team at City First Church. I've been on the teaching team for about seven years. Uh, most people don't realize I was in his youth group. Wow. He's, he's been in my life since eighth grade. That's great. Okay. So we're, we're, we're talking since the year 2000, you're talking two decades. And that was when he was middle-aged. I'm just going to make that statement because I know. Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you just, you know, the, the long haul, like I, I was thinking about it the other day and I, I was just writing a boring message, <laughs> thinking to myself, I can do this for the long haul. I can, I can read the Bible and, share some insights and pray and say, Lord, what do you, what do you want me to share? And, and, it, and it may not be sexy, but I, I think, I think I could do that for the long haul, but can I keep up appearances? Can I keep up the, the game, so to speak? I go, no, I'm exhausted by that. I'm like, man, can I just, can I do the very, very simple things of ministry for the long haul? And, and I, I was writing that day and I thought I'm going to be doing, I'm going to look up in my fifties, and I'm still going to be telling people about Jesus. And so I, I just encourage people to think about the long haul. You think about the long haul impact of, of students and families. They're going to look back and be pretty grateful that you did not give up and that you, 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 did, as, you did it as best as you possibly could, given the circumstances that I don't know if they're ever going to be ideal. I, I, I don't know that that's coming around the corner. Oh, yeah, I agree. But, but I, I, I would encourage a person to yep. think, think about the long haul and think, think about, okay, 10 years from now, there will be more ups and there will be more downs. Mm-hmm. There will be more conversations around race that are dicey. 
yep. political unrest. I mean, what, what are we, 10 minutes away from, from more? I mean, like, just, just buckle your seatbelts, ladies and gentlemen. Like, that's just where we are in life. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so, I, but I think we've got to think ahead. I, I think we are so reactionary. We're so shocked by things that happen in culture. At some point, I think we've got to go, we've just got to prepare for it uh, yep. and say, okay, yep. Um, yep. I know people are going to be fighting yep. a year from now, in two years from now. Uh, and that's pretty much how it's going to be for a long time. I don't see any of that changing. So given those circumstances, man, where, where can we be and how can, how can we be of, uh, of aid to people that should not lose family members and should not lose friends? And so I, I try to sit around and think, okay, what can we do to add value to those relationships? And five, 10 years from now, I hope that we are a consistent, helpful voice that helps people get closer to God through all of those seasons. And they're not always going to love us, but I do think in the long run, they will be grateful for us. So that's what I was. Yeah. I I love that. There's so many layers to what you just said. I I love the fact that what you described was in essence, what you do as a parent. Mm. I mean, you can't control, you know, this by now as a parent, You, you can't control so much of the environment around your kids and what happens, but you can continue to show up in the spaces continue to demonstrate what it looks like in the contrast of those things to be present in, in their lives. Yeah. And the illustration of Jeremy DeWert, I mean, I, I, I remember when I first met Jeremy, I could tell there was this, you know, there was this thing about him that was authentic and real. And he yeah. was a student minister who became a, a senior pastor, which I love because whenever a senior pastor was a student pastor, they're a better senior pastor in my mind. And, and when, I, when I think back through that story and I think about your, the political unrest, the race unrest that's happening, we do have an opportunity like yeah. we've never had to show up and to demonstrate to everyone else what it looks like for Christian brothers and sisters to treat each other a certain way in the Absolutely. light of the tension. So the tension actually is like a backdrop for the diamond that we get to kind of show off, if that makes sense. Yeah. Absolutely. And, uh, so I, I love that you show up. I love that you show up every year. Our staff yeah. has always said, we never want to do this without you there. Yeah. So thank you. And tell Amanda, thanks too, for jumping in yeah. this year and being a part of it as yeah. well. We're Absolutely. looking forward to that. Well, yeah, we're looking forward to it. Well, thank you so much, Ryan, for joining us today. Now, if you enjoyed listening to this conversation, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. That's super helpful for us. Uh, We love this review by Suzanne. She said, I've just started working in student ministry in the last couple of months, and I immediately subscribed to many podcasts devoted to helping me influence the next generation. The Think Orange podcast is my go-to I'm going to applaud you for that. (laughs) She says, I get so excited when I see that a new episode has been posted because I know that it is content that I can trust, learn from, and share with our other student leaders, build partnerships with parents, and ultimately, and most importantly, help our students solidify their faith in Jesus. Suzanne, you are doing it, and you are why we exist. Thank you so much for the review. Now, we cannot wait for you to join us at Orange Conference 2022. We want you to be there so that you can join the conversation and we can continue learning what it means to be human together. So in order to be there with us, go to theorangeconference.com, save your seat, and I promise you it's going to be an Orange Conference like you've never seen before. That's all today, folks. We will see you next time on the Think Orange podcast.